Blog Talk Radio. Turnbuckle Turmoil fans, welcome to the show here on Easter Sunday. Happy Easter to all of our listeners that celebrate today. Thank you for joining us. And this, of course, is Sign Guy along with QT Vokes and Randy Zellers today. And without any further ado, I want to welcome our guest today. We have been very excited to bring her to you from WOW, Women of Wrestling, Siren the Voodoo Doll, Thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. No problem. Thank you for having me. Well, since today is the first time you are with our particular show, we will start you out with the first-timer question. What led to you deciding to get into the business of pro wrestling? Um, well, I was wrestling with my grandma when I was young. Um, and I I always repeat this, but uh, her favorite booker, I'm sorry, her favorite wrestler was Booker T. Um, it was always funny to watch her. She's a very cool, calm lady. It was always interesting to watch her just get excited over wrestling. Over I, I and I think even if she didn't realize it, it was a matter of being represented on uh, TV. So whether he was bad, whether he was good, she was always behind him. Um, so that always kind of held my interest in wrestling. But it wasn't until I got older and came to what essentially was uh, wrestling and improv had a baby and set it in the middle of Atlanta, in the middle of the theater version, sorry, the theater town that is in Atlanta called Avondale that I really kind of got to see what wrestling and wrestling entertainment could be. And that was what pushed me into actually joining um, their group and joining PCW. And that's how I ended up getting started. Now, a few years ago when WOW Women of Wrestling was resurrected as far as being on national television. Uh, it appeared on Access TV and was very, very similar to the original WOW that came out 20 years ago uh, with some of the returning uh, original WOW performers and, of course, a lot more uh, newcomers to the organization. When you first were approached about being part of WOW, how familiar were you with the original version of WOW that was on syndication? So I, um, beforehand, I never really got to experience what 
wow, what GLOW was. Um, I never really got to experience as a child the, the syndication of the GLOW episodes, but I always knew what it was. Uh, when I was asked to join WOW, at that time, GLOW was coming back out with Netflix, um, and it was something that I had to do research on, but at the time, uh, my understanding was basically from documentaries, uh, people who wanted to express their love for women's wrestling, and they did so by just kind of taking on the responsibility of of relating the history of women's wrestling to us. So they went back, they got your bombing angels, um, they got your glows, they got your old WCW, they got any kind of women's wrestling and they put it in some of the shows that uh, I've been able to watch. But it really wasn't until they booked me that I went back and I was like, oh, this this has a familiar face to me, but I never really delved deep into this. And that's when I realized what they were trying to do, um, what they were trying to accomplish, and I, I immediately wanted to be a part of that. So that was kind of my experience with that. Um, <laughs> before then, the only focus that I really had of women's wrestling besides recent events was the lipstick and dynamite. And if you're a women's wrestler or if you aspire to be, I definitely suggest that you go back and watch that. Um, That kind of takes from everything and just explains to you the environment that women's wrestling had to go through in order to get to what it is today. But that was my experience of doing well before I actually got hired to play uh, Siren the Voodoo Doll. Now, the original GLOW, of course, uh, was started up by a guy by the name of David McLean who came from Dick the Bruiser's territory in Indianapolis, and he not only uh, worked for Dick the Bruiser, he started GLOW, he started the original version of WOW 20 years ago, and of course he at some level was uh, helping out with the current version of WOW with uh, which you're familiar, and this version of WOW from your interactions, how big of a part has David McLean been as far as this incarnation of WOW goes? So David McLean, um, <laughs> again, from my understanding of the show, of the Netflix show, um, David McLean has actually fulfilled that role of being hands-on. He's always been hands-on. So if that, uh, if it was portrayed correctly, David has always been interested in women's wrestling. Um, he's always been someone who's wanted to put it forefront in people's minds, like women can do this too. Women are just as athletic as men, but I still want these stories. I still want these, these almost a comic book level um of superhero, and to this day, he's he's always been personable. He's always been right there on the front line of, well, 
will this make sense? Will this make the girls look good? Will this have an effect on the younger audience that is positive? And um, he's never been just this up-top person that you cannot reach, that you cannot talk to. He's personally contacted me, personally called me, make sure that I was good. And I've heard this from several other girls uh, or several other women that this is just how he's always been. This has always been a dream of his, not just some kind of money-making machine, but an absolute obsession that ends up resulting in a glorification, and rightfully so, of women's wrestling. David McClain was probably at the forefront as far as uh, building all women's wrestling promotions. Uh, No matter what people might have thought of GLOW, it was really the first all-women's promotion. We've seen several all-women's promotions over the years, but in the last 10 years or so, we've seen all-women's promotions that really focus on women's professional wrestling as a legitimate professional wrestling group more so than a novelty. Uh, you have groups like Shimmer and Shine, mm-hmm. Girl Fight, uh, Wow, that all really focus on the women as being no different than a traditional wrestling promotion. What do you mm-hmm. think of this era of women's wrestling that we're in right now as far as being uh, something that you can send an all-women's promotion out and have it be taken seriously as a wrestling promotion? Um, well, the talent has always been there. The, the Your five-star matches, your technical matches, your high-flying matches, your Hoss versus Hoss matches for women have always been there. Um and I think that we were always waiting for that moment to not only say that we were here, but to have people recognize that. Because you you can always yell in somebody's ear, but if they're deaf, they're not going to take notice of you. And so I think this was this era has been uh, the removal of the scales from people's ears to kind of really acknowledge what women can do. Um, Not only that they're just as good as the men, but sometimes they're better. On a show, they can be better than the men. And it's it's not an issue of who is better. It's just the issue of who will take notice, who will care to take notice who will put their prejudices aside, their biases aside to really take notice of the women who are really busting their ass every day in and out to create stories and moves and wrestling that an audience can connect to. And the audience have basically been yelling to the uppers that, this is here, this is what we want, and it just took it just took a moment in time for people to, like I said, ignore what they think of it, to really accept who we are, to accept what we can do. So 
Yeah, that's that's kind of my take on it. It's it's never been, oh, these people have a crazier level of skill. Women have had that skill forever. It just took people to not just to notice it, but to notice it and not ignore what they're seeing. Very well said. I agree with that 100%. I think it took a long time to be recognized as legitimate talents, but the talent definitely was always right there. So it's a great time to be a fan of women's professional wrestling uh, since they're getting the credit they deserve more than ever. Now, of course, with uh, you being part of WOW on Access TV, obviously that's going to be seen by a wider audience than just your standard independent promotions for the most part. Once you started appearing on Access TV, uh, even though you have the face paint, which will kind of obscure things a little bit, did you notice more of a recognition from fans in your everyday life, or was it something that wasn't quite the same for you since you do have the face paint? Um, actually, it it was interesting. I was doing uh, extra work for the Fed, and... Um, I had somebody notice me, and that was interesting to take in. Um, with the face paint, it has actually been with the full face paint and not just the markings. With the full face paint, it has been a little bit more difficult to be recognized, which is completely fine with me because it kind of keeps a separation between um, WoW and the indie. But also, with um, when I did experience the recognition, when I did post things on my social media, I, I did see an uptick in my bookings, which hurts my heart so much. That not not that this is the absolute focus that I've had during the two months there. Um, But during this whole issue for the past year, uh, right before everything happened, I saw an uptick in people wanting to book me and people wanting to create a storyline with me. And then, um, you know, things kind of out of issues going on in the world, but also my personal desire to stay safe. The things kind of went down a little bit, but I will say that that push from WOW, uh, the the security of having Bambi back me did create a little bit of buzz. And I've, I've, hopefully, you know, in the next few months when everybody gets uh, what they need, whether you desire to be vaccinated or just desire to continue being tested, Hopefully bookings will pick back up, and I can just, <laughs> uh, you know, do what I love. But that's pretty much been, well, has been interesting for my life. I bet that's right for sure. As a wrestler that does do face paint, I know a lot of people on the independent level have struggled over the years uh, when they decide to do face paint with the type of face paint 
and how to apply it and so forth and so on so that it not only looks right, but also so it doesn't get all over everything because on Independence we see wrestlers that go to the ring and their paint gets all over their opponent, the referee, the ring, sometimes the fans. What would you recommend as someone that uses face paint for independent wrestlers that are struggling or that are just considering using face paint when they uh, go into their next booking? (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with the physical uh, aspect of it and then the spiritual aspect of it. So with the physical aspect of it, I do suggest that, um, like Holly did tell me, make sure that you get a high-quality paint. Make sure you go to Japan. To, or Sorry, um, make sure you order from Japan for like a, a high-quality face paint. Uh, and as their opponent, you know who you're facing off against, like one or two months in advance. So don't wear white. Um, so the physical aspect of it is definitely go with quality. Definitely make sure that your opponent is okay with it. I don't know what to tell you if they're not. Um, <laughs> avoid the face. Tell them to avoid the face. With the spiritual side of it, make sure that you're doing your own face paint. Um, one of the weird things about WOW was once they started painting my face, without me doing it myself, it felt weird. It it felt like I was being made up instead of putting on my war paint. And if you have that kind of quirk about you, definitely insist on, I mean, they can always do your makeup, but definitely insist on doing your own face paint, your own patterns, because nobody knows what will accentuate your face or accentuate what character you're feeling in that moment except you. So I definitely, so again, bottom line, quality, and make sure you're doing it yourself. Excellent advice. Hopefully some independent performers will hear that and take heed and will stop seeing the trail of face paint whenever they get done. Not everybody needs face paint. That's also a thing. Not everybody needs face paint. If you think that you're going to get away with a few scratches on your face, don't do it. If it doesn't mean anything to you, don't do the face paint. Do face paint only if, uh, like, for instance, I specifically did research on the face paint that I was doing and why I was doing it. Um, So... I don't suggest face paint for everybody. If it helps you get into your Sasha Fierce, then that's cool. But don't just do drips on your face just for the heck of it. Good advice. You don't need half of a card to have face paint. At this point in time, my co-host Randy Zellers is standing by, and I know Randy's got questions, so I'm going to pass things over to him. Hey, what's up, Siren? How are we doing today? Pretty good. Happy Resurrection right. Easter out there, however yep. you celebrate it. Woo-hoo, How are you? Say it again. 
<laughs> Say it again. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Dang. And um, I wanted to get. In, I wanted to ask you. Um, like I know, like you came. How you're from the south and everything. How is it wrestling in the south in the independent level? In the independent level, it's it is amazing. Honestly, um, I. Once I come full force out of, uh, you know, out of everything being shut down, I really want to wrestle at Southern Honor, several, several places, New South, several places. Um, the odd thing about it is in this whole, like I said, the P-Monster, the pandemic, whatever, um, yeah. such wrestling has actually expanded, and it's ridiculous, like, you have them bringing you. You have them being what the old North used to be. They're yeah. bringing in these names. They're having these great, like you know, it, it's not. Great. I don't think it's on Metzler's like radar, but you're having these great matches, and they're definitely rated at this point. Um, the work oh, rate yeah. is going up. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I I. I would admit that the South is actually booming right now in the right places. Oh, you had your... oh go ahead. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I've, I've been hearing a lot that the uh, the South is running with the football right now. Absolutely. <laughs> we're drawing in. I mean, Georgia, Alabama, and Florida. We're drawing in some good schools that you can go to. Um, yep. And it's really amazing how Georgia has bloomed in the past year because I, I will tell you, anybody who is from Georgia will tell you, from the years before 2017 and, like, 2010 to 2017 was not good. It was, it was very hard to get out of Georgia, and you wanted to get out of Georgia because they just weren't really looking for talent. They were looking for They Yeah. Yes. I have no words to say what they were looking for, but it wasn't it it wasn't like it is now. Yeah, yeah, and I know with and I know with the um I mean with certain people or certain promoters couldn't really keep their prejudice in their back pocket. <laughs> exactly. Nor could the crowds and they fed off the crowds. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean <laughs> I've had encounters with crowds, you know, calling me the N word with the hard R. Um, when that I had breaks, I had, tra- you know, yeah, the hidden the hidden terms that you were like, this was a racist term. I thought they were just making fun of me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you want to go hill and you want to say, oh, I got some good heat. No, baby, you were just black. Yeah, exactly. I had that same encounter in Spokane. Like, I was a face out there, Spokane, Washington. That's like the second um, biggest city in Washington State where I'm, where I'm from and where I live at. I walked in there as a, as a face. I was like, come on, baby. No, no. especially if I you heard have some a crickets. white meat baby face. And no yep. offense at all. You're going to get over here in Georgia. It just my experience and and the experience of a lot of people of color were just basically 
it, it was difficult. It was difficult to yeah. unless the right people see you. It it was difficult. Yeah, yeah. I oh, I definitely hear you on that one because um, when I think every time when I have my home my home promotion is Northwest Pro. I mean, mm-hmm. when things calm down, I mean, when things calm down, everyone gets their whatevers and stuff, and and, uh, and stuff opens up, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my company is looking in to bring in women, women to the organization and stuff like that, and um, whew, I just know that where the place where I wrestle at, it's per, the area is predominantly um white people, well, Caucasian people, not saying that it's all bad, it's not all bad, but... The Northwest seems a little bit more open-minded. Yeah, they're more, yeah, that's that's the only thing, Um, we're all open-minded and stuff like that, and I know there's some people that want to stick to tradition, and oh, this ain't right, blah, blah, blah. Uh, shoot, there's another Caucasian over there that will probably tell him, man, sit down and shut up. You know, we all get a big laugh and we all just keep doing our business. But at but at the Keeping the Pacific Center, every time when my music comes on, man, people go nuts. I was like, oh, is this really happening? <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, with um, I mean, with with down south having their stuff and everything else, um. I know you guys. I know you got some road stories. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, I came in before. You know, I came in right during the time where things were changing. So I had some stories where even coming out of the space, it was um, difficult to get the crowd behind you when your opponent is, you know, yeah, is a little the, bit different from you. Um, yeah. I, yep. I will say Atlanta, the closer you get to Atlanta, the easier it was. And that was that was actually the interesting thing. So as I said before, I came in through Atlanta, through more of an improv wrestling group. So it was more acting and it was more theater. And you had, like, more progressive-minded people who still followed. Like, once you taught the crowd how to react, once you taught them, this is the baby, this is the heel, they followed along with what you were doing. So, yeah. you know, I got spoiled in that system for the first year of my training, but um, it was going out into the outer regions of Georgia, into the more rural areas of, areas of Georgia. And I think that really changed me in the fact that it kind of caused me to, if you're not going to cheer for me as a baby, then yes, I will heal it up. I, you want me to become that monster? Then yes, I will be that monster for you. I'm not going to be that stereotypical, like, black girl monster. I I have ran the gamut of black girl, uh, black girl uh, gimmicks. So yep. I, have been, I have been your disco girl. I have been your black country girl. I've, I've been all of that just because I didn't know at the time who I was as a wrestler or as a character, or as an extension of myself. And so you you play it up. You 
it's a problem yep. you to be this certain type of way, you're going to you you either fight it and become an unrecognizable, or you lean into it and say, I can be the best villain that I I, I can be the best villain that you want me to be. Um, but yep. then you're relegated to that role of always being a villain in some of these rural areas because you don't look like them, so they're not going to cheer for you. Yeah, I hear you on that one. I mean, I went through so many gimmicks. Gosh, I went through so many gimmicks. I mean, my first gimmick, I mean, I came into the wrestling venue. I had this big old afro. I know um, Sign Guy and QT can co-sign that. <laughs> my first match, yeah, my first match I came in in a soccer in a Mexican uh, team's soccer jersey <laughs> with, oh, yeah, with, with some kind of like some windbreaker pants and, and wrestling shoes, right? And um, two guys uh, came and approached me, and, and it was like, yeah, we need something for you because um, Puma, Puma, that that name is taken. And that was my promote. That was my former promoter that said, "You'll be Randy the Puma Zellers." I was like, "Randy the Puma." Two of the other high end guys, I swear, they're like honor students of wrestling. They're like, "No, no, 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 no. We we won't change this up." And I was like, "Well, shoot, I was listening to that to that Will I Am and Usher song that. Oh my God!" And they were like, "Yo, Darren Young, Young I Am." I was like, "Young I Am." All right, cool, you know, and in the building, I was going through the Young I Am phase, you know, kind of, it kind of portrayed me like I was a rapper and stuff, even though I can't rap for nothing. <laughs> all my friends are, all my friends I hang out with outside of wrestling, wrestling are all hip-hop artists, <laughs> and I'm the only wrestler there. But, yeah, I went through so many gimmicks, and some of the gimmicks I did not like, and some of the gimmicks, eh, this will, this will do for now. But my most favorite one was um, I had a connect for bootleg movies, so I was called the parking lot bootleg king. <laughs> oh, no. Like I was going around passing out bootleg movies. <laughs> and stuff like that. And these movies actually played on your DVD player. And they were like, oh, my gosh. And these movies were in theaters. And I got it on DVD. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that that's some funny stuff. Until, <laughs> I mean, the the bootleg king stopped when, when, I went to the, when I went to a wrestling show and all my bootlegs was tucked. I, I couldn't be no bootleg king no more. <laughs> Jesus. Well, but with but with every gimmick that you had, did you feel that you was over that you got it over in due time? I was just about to say that, like, uh, no matter what kind of gimmick that they gave me, yeah, some of them were stereotypes. Um, but yep. at the same time, I always put my twist on it. Disco girl wasn't disco girl. Disco girl was Cam Greer. You know, um, yeah, Pam that, Ritter. that was that. It's it's gonna be a powerful. It's gonna be a powerful black woman, no matter what gimmick you give me. Like, yep, it's it, it's going to. 
you you know what to expect out of me, and you know to expect that I'm going to go full in with a gimmick. Um, mostly because some of the gimmicks were offshoots of myself. How can I find a way to connect to this character? How can I find a way to what in me has been precipitated from this character? What what can I purify from this character that actually speaks Nina Monet? So, mm. um, yeah, that that has always been my kind of even country girl. I I, I am a country girl. The gimmick. Yep. The, I'm sorry. Are y'all uh, are y'all heavy? K heavy. Oh no! Just oh. Okay, hey, cool. yeah, you guys can say what you want. <laughs> so even with this gimmick, this gimmick came from, um, this gimmick came, the current gimmick was a product of somebody else's mind uh, so far as Fire and the Voodoo Doll, but the gimmick itself was based off of my own religious leanings, my own kind of spiritual leanings, and that came from living in the country when I was in South Carolina. Um, more as a Geechee descendant than as a voodoo practitioner. So I, I took more from my understanding of who I am than to kind of mix it into what society understands voodoo to be. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, that does make sense so, because um, voodoo it can, I mean, it can go, hand, it can go hand over fist. It can be something, it can be a voodoo person can just wish bad on people or a voodoo person that can wish nothing but good on people. And I can see yeah, that you got I'll that problem. Oh, yeah, you go ahead. No, I'm sorry. You were completing your thought. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it, it, it is all good. It is all good. It's a rap. It's a rap on radio show. You know what I'm saying? We can say what we want. But, um, uh, ah, shoot. Yeah, no, I forgot what I was about to say, but you can go on ahead, though. <laughs> no, just uh, coming out of that, it, it wasn't just going to be scary, uh, I'm going to put a curse on you, da-da-da-da. Yeah. Those things do exist, but, like, it's just, it's not going to come out of nowhere. It's not going to just come out of, this is my vision of a media version of a voodoo practitioner. No, it's like, okay, I really understand what I'm doing, the prayers that I'm saying. But yeah, and and that was my thing. Like I, I wanted it to be a powerful character. I don't want it to be just goofy. Yeah, I hear I you on that be, one. I don't want it to. And God bless her because I actually really did like watching her. But um, the first name is skipping my mind right now. But Laveau from TNA. Oh yes. 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 So, yeah, that's, like, I, I, that's who I was trying to figure saying, out. everybody's saying, well, why don't you just, like, kind of jerk it out to the ring? And I'm just like, but that's not me. That's not what I understand this gimmick to be. It's, it's not yeah. just, it is spooky, but it's not just, like, like, 
yeah. threats or whatever, you know? Um, so that was kind of, you, you kind of, as much as you want to build into the stereotype in order for people to connect, you also don't want to make fun of something. Unless yeah. Yes. It make fun of something like that. So, yeah, no, yeah, you're right, because um, there is, there is, I mean, in the time that we're living in now, people are all up in their feelings, and people are, uh, like, sensitive these days. I mean, shoot, I mean, I mean, people went out and canceled Pepe Le Pew. Okay, but that I agree with. I agree with canceling that or rearranging yeah. the character, but they didn't feel like yeah. it so, yeah. No, I completely, yeah. to be fair, I completely agree with, I, I will be that person, I completely agree with pulling Pepe Le Pew from certain things. Yeah. I think you have to watch it to understand the uh, the times that he was promoted in, <laughs> but at the same time, um, like I, I think you should be able to watch it, but I don't yeah. think that that should be something that's promoted nowadays. Yeah, because, I mean, with me, personally, when I look at Pepe Le Pew, okay, he's been chasing after and willing to commit with that same person, but I just wish that he would have got it through his head that that's not a skunk. That was just a that's cat that got... That's not the issue! Oh, my God! Yeah, that's yeah, but the issue, issue is he's he'd be stalking, he'd be like, Where are you? And I'm like, Ain't this a bitch? <laughs> I was like, Doesn't he know that that's a cat and not a skunk? <laughs> that's not the issue, whether it's a cat or it's a skunk, he shouldn't be harassing yeah, he sh- that person. Yeah, he shouldn't be giving yeah, he should clear take no for it. <laughs> exactly, but. Yeah, he should take no for an answer. I mean, shoot. I mean, if he would have took a no for an answer. Here's my thing. I, I will say this. Just a random offshoot of this. If, if, so you have the Baby Muppets and the Muppet Show, right? Yeah. You have the Looney Tunes and then you have adult cartoons. Yeah. If you were to take him and put him in an adult cartoon and kind of show the consequences of him being that way, I understand. But you shouldn't have him in a you shouldn't have him in a cartoon for younger kids to show that hey, if you just keep on harassing this person, you'll get what you want. So I understand yep. why they pulled him. I understand why they pulled him. Yeah, that's just kind of like a certain wrestler doing adult stuff in the ring, and you bring that wrestler into a family show, but yet you put a parental advisory, parental guidance, parental guidance that, you know, blah, it's blah, like blah. It's like having a bar show. You, yeah. You, you yeah, yeah. You don't like, have kids at a bar show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As you don't have kids. able to make that difference as kids, it's like, yeah. Don't show them that because that kind of affects like you you're gonna watch what your kids watch anyway, just to Yeah kind of yeah, filter out what they should and should not watch or do and tell them what they should or should not do, but at the same time you can't keep having a creeper on their show and be like, That's not okay. Yeah, because it's like having um I'm not dropping no names, I'm just gonna put out the 
of this wrestler. Good showmanship. I mean, this person has good showmanship and stuff like that, but but anyone want to see him for his good showmanship, he wants him to use his certain part of his body part, and that's how he got over. And that's how that person got over. I mean... I mean, yeah, okay, but, you know, yeah, just like you don't want to bring an adult entertainer that's a wrestler to a, to a family-oriented show. I totally get that. But, uh... I kind of get what you're the, saying, but it's hard to understand without um, you saying a name. Yeah, because I, I'm not trying to drop... I'm not trying to drop the guy's name or anything, but, okay. you know... You're just doing, I mean, if you're just doing pecker stuff, if you're using your pecker to go over, that's like, I mean, that's how people would actually see you as, okay, okay, is that person going to grab his pecker and he'll just be superhuman? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk smack about the guy or nothing like that. It ain't nothing like that. It's just uh one of those, you know, I mean, yeah, people will try to do anything to go over, to get over with the crowd and everything else. You can else, totally but... do that as long as you and the person that you're wrestling agrees yeah. to that. Yeah, and, agrees and to that. I feel like it can be, I feel like it can be, if you have a certain part of your body that you're using as a weapon, I get it. But at the same time, it's the things outside of what you do outside of your wrestling might affect that. So Yeah. There is yeah, a context yeah. of a wrestling ring and a show. What you do mm-hmm. in a show and what you do in a ring has to be agreed upon by all. And what you do outside of it can actually I mean what you do outside of it is the real person that you are and it reverberates on you, not the character. It reverberates on the consequences that you as a person experience. Yeah. So yep. I don't knock anybody for I don't knock anybody for using a certain part of their body or you know I I could be big tits McGee and my I can build it up so that my splashes knock people out with my boobs. Yeah, but that's within a that's within a wrestling ring. That's not, yeah, that's in a wrestling yeah. ring, and you know what? In society, they don't knock that at all. I mean, they don't knock that at all. But when a dude does something, you know, people start having a ride and stuff. But I got one more question to ask you. Um, like you know, like after after you get done wrestling. What restaurant or any kind of food place that you like to hit up, that you like to go to, just to you know unwind with your coworkers or your or your wrestling brothers and sisters and chop it up and have a good time? What kind of food do you guys like eating? Like it can be eating out or people can make something. What's that? <laughs> um. Well, beforehand, before everything, um. I used to like Chinese restaurants where I could sit down, but now yeah. it's like cookout. Yeah, no, Chinese. It's, 
any place with wings and I'm good. But um, now it's more like cookout and Waffle House places that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's. Oh, I love me thing. some Waffle House. It's, love Waffle House. It's the kind of thing where you you kind of want to just sit in the car, joke about what happened, and just eat your <laughs> burger, and then, you know, rev it up and go home. But, yep. you know, we'll see how things change with the upcoming month. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, well, well the, at this time, I'm going to go ahead and pass you on to the, to the super homie, the one that knows anything in the hood. He knows it. He's like the hoodologist. I'm going to pass you over to QT. QT, take it away. Well, thank you, Randy. Hello, Siren. <laughs> Hello, QT. Siren, I saw your YouTube video entitled Watch Wow Season 2, Episode 7, Recap of Siren and Holodead's Influence on the Tag Team Series. And the first thing that popped into my mind was this reminds me of the boogeyman, WWE superstar boogeyman, the wrestler who ate worms. Mm-hmm. Was he a big so, influence on you, the boogeyman? Um, in all iterations, absolutely. Because no matter what character you're given, you, you, oh, I'm thinking, I'm oh, sorry. Um, yes, Boogeyman, but also, I'm, I'm, I might be misremembering this right now, but Papa Shango, it's like, here's the thing, you're, you're given a character, what are you going to do, you're going to half-ass it? No, you're going to go into it, if you don't believe it, nobody else will, and half the time people do believe it, like, there are all these kind of characters that you can have but like what really speaks to your soul um Boogie Man has been an inspiration but at the same time I feel like I've never actually tried to um like I I know and I'm not knocking it at all I know that there's somebody out there uh who has called herself Mama Shango it's like I don't want to be a repetition of what I've seen before I want to absolutely be something different I want to have these influences, but I want to be something different. I don't want you to call me this. I don't want you to call me an off, offshoot of this. I don't want you to think that I am just repeating something in the past. I want you to experience, experience me as a new creation or, at the worst, a reincarnation of something, but with new boundaries. So, yes, I can have all of the influences that I want, but at the same time, I want you to know who I am as Nina Monet, as La, Ro- I'm sorry. <laughs> La Bruja Negra, as, you know, Siren the Voodoo Doll. But I don't want to be cast. pigeonholed. Yes, typecast yes. and pigeonholed. Okay. Well, very good. All right. Well, Siren, in this video, at the 13-second mark, you asked a question about the tag team tournament, which was, who will rise to the top 
and who will need help. You then laid down a card and you said, the spirits have let it be known that you should have let Princess Azia, Azia Love, I, I'm probably mispronouncing that. Aussie, uh, Princess Aussie. Aussie. Oh, okay. She's from Australia. Mm-hmm. Well, Princess Aussie, I mean, oh, there I go again, uh, love, <laughs> she was on a beach setting. My question is, did the spirits let, it, let this be known if it was Malibu that the princess was on? That's my question. <laughs> Um, the spirits let me know a lot of things, but uh, for Princess Aussie, uh, just the spirits let me know that she was ready to break out of her shell, and she absolutely has. Um, at this time, she is tearing it up on the West Coast, and she even spoke to me uh, after we had our segment and after she joined our team that that kind of let cut becoming part of the story that we have kind of let her free herself, um, let her become who she was. And it was actually very exhilarating to, a little titillating, (laughs) to experience watching her transition from this is what they want me to do to this is who I am. This is what I can do. This is how I am. Um, I, I still haven't been able to get over on that side, of course, for the past year. But watching her really walking, walk into who she is has been interesting. Um, I think tapping into that darker side of her, just as a person, as a character, as Princess Aussie, as Cece, she has exploded and expanded what she can do and really brought out that viciousness recently that even I've been amazed by. So please go and follow her, follow everything that she's doing. She has, she's been great. Okay. Well, now, as you know, she was pictured near a ocean or a bay, do you believe that Princess Love was tapping into the energy of the oceans or that bay uh, for, and she was tapping into tidal in- energy for the future? Did this help her? Tidal energy. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Water flows. If she ended up unblocking her stream, and everything started to <laughs> if everything started to run down her line and she decided that that was what she wanted to become more power to her so yes do i think that she has become as malleable as water i'd believe it I I truly believe it. She fits into any container that they try to put her in. Okay. Uh, Like the great Bruce Lee said, become like water, my friend. Yes. Exactly. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Siren, 
at the 49-second mark, you laid down three cards, and they were the Misfit Sisters, and you said, you play your childish games, Misfits, Misfits who don't belong and sing the same song. Woe is me, I hear your pitiful souls say. My question is, can the Misfit Sisters be classified as the goth sisters or the emu sisters of wow. <laughs> Do they have emotions? I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Oh, okay. You say yes. I don't know. I, they are, as I said, misfits. They are uncontrollable, but so am I. They are... Conduits of chaos. So, I don't know. I don't know what well, Siren, they have the potential to be. Well, well, Siren, if the Misfit Sisters are sticking their outcast fingers at society and going to Denny's at late night hours of the night after sleeping all day and discussing Edgar Allan Poe, Poe, wouldn't this take away from their wrestling training time, which you and Holodad are always at the gym? That's my question. I don't think so. Um, Oh, okay. At the point of them not training, at the same time, they could be training emotionally and psychologically. If you're you're discussing our... Oh, that you obviously have some kind of deep darkness within yourself that you wish to spread to the world. If that takes a couple of people like me and Holiday to curtail that, then now we'll see what the destruction will be, what the chaos will be in the end. So I don't knock them for it. If it helps them play mental games as much as they want to try, then yes, we can get down with it. All right. Okay. Well, Miss Siren, I also saw your YouTube video where you had an interview on a podcast called O-Face Wrestling, and you spoke about the improvisational style in Atlanta, and you mentioned that earlier to Sign Guy. It was kind of avant-garde well the b-52s rock group arose out of atlanta georgia and you could also call them avant-garde trendsetters with his half-spoken half-sung musical delivery they uh, they thrust upon the music scene such hits as planet claire and rock lobster the later song rock lobster was even sung by Peter Griffin on The Family Guy with an acoustical guitar. My question is, will you and Miss Holiday become the first tag team to use the B-52's Rock Lobster as entrance music? (laughs) No. (laughs) Absolutely not. Rock Lobster is a little too happy. I enjoy the darkness, the deep despair of death tones. Give me death tones and we might talk. 
Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Well, uh, Miss Siren, in 1979, one of the best singers in rock and roll, Ronnie James Dio, replaced Ozzy Osbourne in Black Sabbath. Now, he has a song on YouTube called Dio, Carrot Woman, Voodoo, Live 2005. It is my honor to give you this homework assignment to look up Dio, Carrot Woman, Voodoo. Will you do this for your homework assignment? Nah, I'd prefer to listen to Jimi Hendrix instead. Give me Voodoo Child any day. Oh, okay. That voodoo, voodoo child. Okay. You know what? You know, for you, I will. For you, I will. I will fulfill this homework assignment. You'll be surprised at the singing ability that comes out of this five foot three man that replaced Ozzy Osbourne, Ronnie James Dio, who was elected mm-hmm. into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay. Oh, okay. You know, Very I'll good. Try. Okay. All right. Well, Siren, you also mentioned being influenced by Lipstick and Dynamite. I myself am looking at one of my prized possessions that I have, wrestling uh, collection, and it is a poster of Lipstick and Dynamite, and it is autographed by, by these wrestlers, the fabulous Moolah, the great Mae Young, Gladys Killam Gillum, Ida Mae Martinez, Ella Waldeck, and Penny Banner. I'm looking at it right now. I have all those autographs on a poster, Lipstick and Dynamite. So can I come and steal it? I'm oh, sorry, well, if I ever it? meet you someday, I'll, I'll uh, let you see it, and maybe I could get your autograph on it. <laughs> If you let me see it, I'm going to have it. Uh-oh. I'll just, like, hypnotize you or something. Oh, no. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, at this time, I'm going to give it back over to Sign Guy. Thank you, QT. Well, Siren, we have just a little bit of time left in the show. I want to give you... Ample time. If there's anything that you would like to say to our listeners today, plug and promote anything you want, social medias, merchandise, appearances, your favorite uh, grocery store, anything in the world, floor is yours. Holy. Uh, Wegmans is life. Uh, (laughs) Shop from Wish is not as long as you think it is. But, no, seriously. Um I do have an upcoming show on May the 15th from Belladonna. They are all shoot in Alabama. Um, We do have some recorded sessions from PCW, which is Platinum Championship Wrestling in Porterdale, Georgia, uh, now Covington, Georgia. We also are looking at any kind of sponsors if you're we have about two sponsors currently but we're just trying to get some of our west georgia fans and west georgia wrestlers a little bit more views um i don't know 
I'm looking forward to seeing some of you in Tampa this weekend. Uh, I am very much looking forward to any of the collective shows, so please follow them. Uh, other than that, let's see where Nina Monet goes. Well, we definitely want to thank you today for being with us. It was an absolute pleasure having you on Turnbuckle Turmoil. We definitely appreciate you taking the time, especially on Easter, to be with us. And I look forward to following your career and hopefully seeing you back up on my television screen in the near future. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. And- so thank you, everybody. Thank you for having me. Enjoy your Manny Shevitz. Enjoy whatever you do today. Enjoy your lamb. Enjoy your Easter eggs that you find behind a tree. So, yeah, that's it from Nina Monet. All right, fans, definitely jump on YouTube. Check her out. There's a lot of great matches on there. You can also uh, look her up on Twitter and follow her there and get updates, I'm sure, so definitely check her out. Great, great talent. You will definitely be very glad you spent time watching her work in the ring for sure. And uh, Programming note, we'll be back with you next Friday afternoon with Chad French, the promoter of Paul Cade. The second Paul Cade is rapidly approaching, and then one week from today, Pacific Northwest based referee puppy will be with us so it's a puppy heavy week next week but we'll be back with you then randy zellers you got anything going on you need to plug or promote um not anything at the moment just um just um let's see here out the neck of the woods entertainment will be having their podcast on monday called the nightly strange and and my boys from the Lions Den, uh, actually on Saturday, same time at the uh, wedding, um, my buddy uh, Doc had his uh, barbecue and uh, barbecue and Easter um, Easter egg hunt for the kids called Doc Loaded Kids Easter Egg Hunt on Saturday. I that was a really good turnout for them. And that was, yeah, and that that's about it, you know. Turn up the turmoil. Don't forget, fans. Next week, puppy will be on the show. And uh, tune in. To... All right, and we want to send our best wishes out. Yesterday, I got to officiate the wedding of uh, Mr. and Mrs. Darren Gouin. You might know him better as Little Creepy or as Darren Deeds out of Northwest Pro. But I've known him since he was a young, young man, got to officiate his wedding. Best of luck to he and his wife as they celebrate the nuptials. And we'll be back with you next week, fans. Everybody stay safe out there. (laughs) 